Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah! 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 Amen. You all join with us as we lift up and praise and worship the name of God. How many know He is our Savior? He is our healer. He is our deliverer. You all join in with us as we sing Savior, the one who you love, the one who you saved. We come to worship. Did you come to worship God on this morning? Anybody come to worship God? Amen. We come to worship God in this place. Hallelujah.
intention I came here with that purpose my purpose my design the the reason that I'm here is that I came to worship and when you have that purpose in mind nobody has to remind you why you came because you came here on purpose 
came here to worship. I came here to give God my best. I came to honor God. I came for that point of worship. And if you come to worship, then nothing should stop you from giving God praise. Nothing should stop you from honoring God. Nothing should stop you from worshiping Him. If that's what you came here, then why don't you do what you came here for? I said, why don't you do what you came here for? Hallelujah! 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 I come to worship. I come to worship. I come to give God glory. I come to give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Help us on this morning. As the song has suggested, to be intentional with our worship. Help us, O oh Lord, to be purposeful with our praise. Help us, Lord, to give you the glory and the honor that you do. And Lord, while we're doing that, Lord, some of your glory is going to get on us. Some of that glory is going to come and touch and meet us at the point of our needs. Some of that glory is going to elevate us from the place where we are to the place that you've desired us to be. And Lord, you're going to even take us higher through your word. Lord, help your word to administer to our hearts. Help it to touch our hearts and our minds and let us be open to what you have to say to us in these few destiny moments that we have with you. Lord, let us treat these moments as if they are our last. Let us absorb what you have to say to us right now. And Lord, allow us to have a mindset that we're not going to leave the same way that we came. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. I praise God for each of you who have come, who to share, and who've gathered here on this morning. I pray for those also who are watching us virtually. We praise God for you. And I'm so excited about what we have to share with you on this morning, about what God really has to share with us this morning. We're really doing a series on this month. This month, we're going to do a series relative to giving thanks. And this morning, I want to start this series with a gratitude mindset. We're going to talk about a gratitude mindset. If you go with me in the word of the Lord, we're going to look at a few scriptures here in the word. We're going to look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, Ephesians 5 and 20, and also Romans 8 and 28. Again, that's 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. We'll be looking at Ephesians 5 and 20, and then Romans 8 and 28. I want you to stand. We're going to absorb, absorb this word on this morning. I want you to stand with us as we read the word of the Lord. We're starting in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. And the word of the Lord reads, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Ephesians 5 and 20 reads like this, giving thanks always and for everything. Somebody say everything. To God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. As you take your seat, just say, I receive that in the name of Jesus. I want to talk to you for a few moments about a gratitude mindset, a gratitude mindset. When I begin to think of a gratitude mindset in, in terms of a way of thinking, not just a feeling that we have on Sunday morning. 
Many of us, we're after hearing from the praise team sing so melodically and the organ playing and the drums playing and the, and the bass laying down a track. We, we feel in a gratitude mindset. There is a feeling that we have to give thanks to God. But I want to let you understand this morning that, that gratitude is more than a warm feeling that strikes you on Sunday morning. Gratitude is more than, than something that, that just makes you feel tingly in your hands and your fingers and, and in your heart for just a few moments. But I want you to understand that gratitude is a mindset that we need to adopt. It's less of a feeling and it's more of a lifestyle. When I think of the, the definition of a mindset, it says an intention or inclination. And my question is to you, are you inclined to be grateful? Is that your inclination? Are you inclined to be grateful? I want you to think of that in different circumstances because the word says, in everything, give thanks. That means regardless of what situation that you're facing, is it your natural inclination to be grateful? I'll tell you, it's not your fleshly inclination. It certainly is not part of your flesh that wants to be thankful and grateful for everything that God has done. So I'm trying to see if it is your spiritual inclination. Since you've gotten saved, have you developed an inclination for gratitude? Have you developed an inclination to be grateful in every situation? And I say that because when I say since you've been saved, because I'm assuming that your before picture and your after picture from when you got saved is different. Your before picture should look different than your after picture. And see, that, that, that's, that's the problem sometimes in the world. They, they see our before picture and they see our after picture and they can't tell which is which. Is this before or is this after? I, I can't tell the difference. And, and, and as Christians, my Bible says, behold, all things have become new. We, there, there, there is a newness in what we reflect after we have been saved, after we have accepted Christ into our lives. That means there should be differences. I don't look the same. I don't act the same. I don't behave the same. My whole profile is different. My priorities have changed because Christ has come into my life. It has had such an impactful change on my life that what I look like before and what I look like after should be different. And I came to tell you that the thing about it is don't be dismayed because your after picture is still developing. It's still a work in progress. Please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. It is yet developing, but what, I, what ought to be obvious and evident in your after picture is that there has been a change. Oh, what a change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I'm different. I'm different. I think different. I talk different. I behave different. I hope different. My faith is different. And how I treat others is different. And how grateful I am should be different. I'm different. I, I, I'm built different after this change. So then we, I, when asking about a mindset and inclination, I'm, I'm asking the question, are you inclined to be grateful? Because complaining is also a mindset choice. Uh, do you... Do you, does anybody know anybody who just loves to complain? They love to complain. Complaining at some point is not what you do. Complaining is who you are. At some point, it's not what you do. You, they, they'll tell you anyway, you are what you continuously do. So if you continuously complain, complaining is not just an activity you engage in. Complaining is integral to who you are. You are a complainer. It is a mindset choice. I told you what is mindset and inclination. So you have an inclination to complain because complaining is ingrained in your mindset. You have people who just have a negative mindset. They always find the negative in everything that happens. 
I wish I had help here. I always find the negative in anything that has happened. It's not the, the glass is half full or the glass is half empty kind of people. It's no matter what happens, there's always something bad. Because this is what, let me tell you something, it's part of their mindset. Talking negative is not something that they just do, but is the inclination of their mind, and it has become part of who they are. But what I have found, is no, no matter how saved you are, that, that a grateful or a gratitude mindset is a choice. It's a choice. A complaining or a gratitude mindset is a choice. There is not a spirit of gratitude that overtakes you and all of a sudden makes you grateful. No. It is a choice that you make. And many of us, we've made the wrong choice. God has given us every reason to be grateful, but yet we choose to be negative. We choose to complain. We choose not to be grateful. We choose not to exemplify gratitude. We're more like spoiled children after Christmas. Either we're happy if you got what you wanted, and you complain and frustrated if you didn't. And many of us, that's how we live relative to Christ. If we got what we prayed for, we're in a great mood. If the check came in, we're in a great mood. If we got exactly what we asked for, we're in a great mood. But if we did not get exactly what we asked for, We're like that pouting child on Christmas Day. That's not the color I asked for, Mom. That's the wrong version. That's not updated. And that's how we behave, and that's how we treat God. Woe is me because I have not received everything that I have prayed for. And when we adopt that mindset, that is a choice. God hasn't been any less good. God's spirit has not been any less powerful. God's word is not any less true. But we have adopted a mindset to complain and be negative instead of adopting a mindset of gratitude. Somebody say gratitude Gratitude. is a choice. It's a choice. And that's something that we have to choose. But what God has given us has been so profound that it ought to be easy to make that choice. It ought to be easy to have a mindset of gratitude. It ought to be easy to be grateful considering what God has done for us. Say We we sing songs like he's done so much for me, I I cannot tell it all. But, But then we still are negative. We're still complaining. I'm grateful for the things that he has done. We sing that, and you might be grateful in that moment, but after the song is over, You fall back into complaining. You fall back into negativity. You fall back into ungratefulness. You fall back into it not because some heavenly spirit has left your body. You fall back into it because you have made the mental choice to be ungrateful, to be negative, and to complain. The question is, we often ask in the behavioral sciences, then what is the reinforcement? Why is it that you like to complain? Why is it that you like to be negative? And ordinarily, the function of that behavior is simple, and you might not like it, but it is attention. You get a lot of attention when you talk about how bad your life is. Come on here. You get a lot of sympathy when you talk about all the bad things that have happened to you. And you're feeding off of the attention of others while you're being ungrateful for everything else that God has done for you. This didn't work out and this didn't happen. And, and, while, and while you're feeding your need, your fleshly need, now let's understand this is not a spiritual need. You're feeding your fleshly need for the attention and the compassion and, and, and the sorrow of others. Yet you are giving the devil more fodder because you're giving him more praise and more honor and more attention than you're giving to God for everything that he has done for you. I'm telling you, that mindset is a choice. I've chosen to pick out all of the bad things that have happened to me and share it with those around me so they'll feel sorry for me, so that they'll attend my pity party, so that I'll get their attention and their pity. I don't want your attention. I don't want your pity. It's more important for you to understand how good God has been to me. 
It's more important for you to understand that God has done so much for me that I, I can't tell it all and to bless the name of the Lord. That's more important to me than getting a little attention because a few things bad have happened in my life. I'm telling you that gratefulness is a choice. Somebody say gratefulness is a choice. The Bible here says rejoice always. Rejoicing is not just about how you behave in church. And if the extent of your rejoicing happens only in these walls and only on Sunday morning, then I'll say you've missed the mark. I'll also say not only have you missed the mark, but your rejoicing is not coming from a real place. And I don't mean to hurt your feelings on this morning, but, but, I, but I, I, I came to be real with you. When your rejoicing comes from a real place... Uh, you can't confine it to 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. It, when it comes from a real place, uh, your GPS doesn't have to be at 516 Elm Street in Shelbyville, Tennessee. When your rejoicing comes from a real place, you don't need an organ and a click track and a, and a, and a bass and a, and a drum playing in the background. When, you, when your rejoicing comes from a real place, I, I, I don't need the praise team to sing my favorite song. When your rejoicing comes from a real place, I, I, I can be bad by myself and I can find myself in a closet at work uh, while I'm trying to pick up some but when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that is done for me, my soul cries out. Hallelujah! Yes. Be on the highway and I might have to pull over for a moment and give God praise because I'm not confined by a destination. I'm not confined by a place. I don't have to be surrounded by a certain amount of people because my rejoicing comes from a real place. It comes from a, a, an inner experience with God. I, 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 I know that God is real. I, I wish I had a few witnesses out there. I, I, I didn't hear that he's real in the song. I, I didn't hear somebody testify how good he is. But, but I know from myself in my heart, from my own experience, I know from myself that God is real. If I have a witness out there, say, I know he's real. I, I, I. I know he's real. I, I don't need your testimony. I appreciate it, but I don't need it. I, I know for myself that God is real because when I was sinking deep in sin and, and I was lost in my way, God, he reached down and picked me up from where I was and placed me on a rock to stay and he established my going. I don't need your testimony. I know for myself that God is real. Somebody say, I know he's real. I know he's real. I know he's real. I know. I know. I know. I know he's real. I know he's real. I know he's real. I know he's real. Somebody who's had an experience with God. I just want you to say, I know. I know. I know he's real. I know. Hallelujah. I know. Hallelujah. I know he's real. Hallelujah. In fact, they use the word triggered a lot. And what triggered means is how somebody says something or something happens that emotionally triggers something in your spirit. And every now and then, I, 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 I'll just hear somebody talking. I, I'll hear a testimony. And I, or I'll hear somebody giving God praise. And that triggers something on the inside of me. Because I remember when I was in a lost place. I remember when I was trapped and couldn't get out. I remember when I was on my way to hell. And somebody will say something that, that triggers an emotion on the inside of me. And I may not have time to give my testimony. But every now and then I'll just lift my hands and I'll say, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, Jesus. 
When I hear the word Jesus, sometimes it takes me back to one of my prayers. It takes me back when I didn't have time to pray. It takes me back to a time when I felt lost. And all I had time to do was just yell out, Jesus. Somebody yell out, Jesus. Jesus, my, 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 my rejoice. My rejoice. It comes from a real praise. Somebody say, my praise is for real. Come on, y'all give me a couple more minutes here. My praise. Halosha comes from an authentic place. So I don't need a certain time on Sunday. I appreciate it. <laughs> but I don't need it. If I need to take a day off, <laughs> when I think of his goodness, when I think of where he brought me from, we used to sing a song that said, look where it brought me from. Somebody said it brought me from a mighty long way. And somebody else said, I, I don't believe he brought me this far to lead me right here. And when they said that, that means what it did on last week. I have the same God with me on this week. And whatever the devil has planned on this week, it's all right because I have the same God with me. And the same God that whipped the devil last week is the same God that will whip him this week. The same God that made a way last week is the same God that will make a way this week. Be not dismayed, whatever be time. Somebody say God will. Somebody say God will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all, give me a minute. I got, I got to give this to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, praise, praise is a posture. Uh, praise is a posture. See, praise is a posture we should constantly be. Some of y'all are feeling it right now, but this is where we ought to always be. We can't always express it on the outside. But somebody said there's something on the inside. And it's working on. <laughs> Sometimes at work you have to hold your peace, but I know it's still working. Somebody say it's still working. I can't run around this building like I want to, but it, <laughs> it's still working. I, I can't scream out hallelujah like I want to right now, but... It's still. I'm driving and I can't let go of the wheel, but I but I know it's still. It's still working. I'm in the middle of a meeting and they're looking at me, so I can't even make an expression, but I know in my mind that it's still. I'm in the hospital bed right now, and, and I'm in a little bit of pain, but I, but I still know my God shall supply all my need. Yeah. Somebody say it's still working. Still working. So praise is a posture that we should consistently and constantly be and let's see, this, this is something we talk about in, in, in behavior. We talk about position, posture, and proximity. But I want to let you know that your praise, your posture of praise, 
indicates that you're in a good position. (laughs) Your posture of praise indicates that you're in a good position. And then your posture should always match your proximity to God. Your posture needs to match your proximity. Let me give you an example. When Moses saw the burning bush, when he got to the burning bush, the voice from the bush, which was the voice of God, said to Moses, he said, take your shoes off. Because the place where you're standing is holy ground. So Moses had to take off his shoes and, and get in a different posture because he was so proximate. He was so close to God. So my posture is an indication of how close I am to God. So when I have a posture of praise, the reason I have a posture of praise, because it is an indication of how close I am to God. Uh, yeah, I'm at work. <laughs> Y'all ain't going to help me here. But, 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 but my heart is in a posture of praise because I'm still close to God. Uh, and I need you to get this because sometimes you can be in the same place as somebody else, but your posture is different because you recognize how close you are. Uh, <laughs> How close you are to God. So my posture is different. My heart is different. My, my, my body's in a different place and a different posture. And my spirit is open to God because I recognize even in this moment, God is right here. Oh, somebody say when you say God is right here. Uh, uh, so it, it makes sense that I'm in, a, I'm in a posture of praise because God is always with me. I, I, I came in praising and, and I don't even need the music to play and I don't need there to be a lot of people here, but I'm still in a posture of praise, not because of what's happening on the outside, but, but because of who I brought with me on, on the inside. And, and I know I'm close to God because I brought God with me. So the reason I came in praising is not because the check came. The reason I'm praising is not because I got the job. The, the reason I'm praising It's not because I got a new house, but my praise is an indication that God is right here. He's right here. Somebody say God is here. Oh, come on and say it till you believe it. God is here. So if God is here, I don't have to wait till the battle is over. I don't have to wait till the storm passes. I don't have to wait till the trial is over. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I I can keep on praising. I can keep on giving God the glory because God is here. My, My praise is not an indication of how happy I am. But my praise is an indication of how close God is. I wish you would get that in your spirit. My praise is not an indication of how happy I am. But my praise is an indication of how close God is. And even though it looks bad on the outside, I can keep on praising because God's right here. Even though my enemies are surrounding me, I can keep on praising because God's right here. Even though it seems like I'm going through the middle of the storm, I I can keep on praising because God is right. So my posture doesn't change when they repossess the car. (laughs) Because God is still. (laughs) My posture doesn't change when I get bad news. Because God is I'm trying to help you change your attitude. I'm trying to change your lifestyle. Uh, my, my posture doesn't change when my kids are acting up because God. When, when the doctor shows me the, the, the scan and, and it looks bad, my, my, my posture doesn't change because God. He's, he's right here. And because he's with me, 
I can go to the courthouse because he's with me. I can go to the hospital bed because he's with me. I I can receive the bad news because he's with me. I can read the negative letters because he's with me. I can stand up in the middle of my trial, yea, though I walk through the wrath. God is with me. I keep on praising, not because I'm happy, not because my circumstances change, because even when my circumstances change, God is still. He's still with me. I'm trying to help somebody who's going through right now, who, who doesn't see anything positive coming out of your situation, and you're wondering why should I praise him right where I am? I'm telling you, you ought to praise him, not because it looks good on the outside, but God is right there. He's with me. He's with me. So even when things happen, and I told you about it last week, when things happen that I don't understand. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Perplexed just means I don't understand. But I keep on praising him because God is still with me. What I see has changed, but God's proximity has not changed. And what the devil wants you to do is when he's confronted with the storm, he wants you to change your proximity. Oh, I keep telling you, he'll give you your stuff back if you change your proximity. Uh, he'll, he'll give you everything. He'll, you can have the car back. You can have the house. You can have the money. Baby, you can have all of that back if you change your proximity. But what he doesn't want is for you to get closer to God. That's why it backfired with Job. He said, if I take his stuff He'll change his proximity, but Job got closer to God. So the devil was defeated not because Job got his stuff back. The devil was defeated because Job didn't leave God even in the middle of the trial. Oh, I I need you. I I need you to get it. We don't don't talk about Job because he has so much stuff. We talk about Job because of his proximity. Because when I had the stuff, God was right here and I was right here with him. When When my sheep were gone, I was right here and God was right there with me. When my children died, God was right here and I stayed right here with him. Though they slay me, yet will I trust him all my appointed time. I'm going to wait right So I can keep on praising him. When the sheep are gone, I can keep on praising him. When my children are gone, I can keep on praising him. When my servants are gone, I can keep on praising him. When all of my stuff is gone, because though you change what I have, you can't change my relationship with God. You can't change my proximity because you let, I'll let go of all that stuff so that I can have this. Paul said, I think it all but done for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. You can take all the stuff I have, but somebody said, give me Jesus. You can take all everything else I've earned, but give me Jesus. You can take all of my possessions, but somebody Somebody said, give me Jesus. Somebody say it right now. Say, give me Jesus. <laughs> give me Jesus. <laughs> Doesn't matter what I have on the outside. But give me Jesus. And the funny thing about it is is God works like that. God said, if you're not going to change your proximity when they take it, then I don't believe you'll change it when you get it back. I wish I had help here. If you can ride with me when you don't have it, if you trust me when it's all gone, if you keep on praising me in the middle of the storm, I got something for you on the other side of the storm. I believe I can trust you with it because you didn't leave me when it was all gone. I can't
ashamed to tell somebody. When you show God, you will praise him. When the trial is coming, if you show God, you can praise him. When your stuff is gone, when you show God, you can praise him. Paul put it this way. He said, I've learned to be a base and I've learned to be a bound. But, but whatever I have, whatever my situation, nothing's going to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. You can take my stuff, but I'm not going anywhere. Somebody say, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. So it said my, my posture is an indication of how close God is. I want to give it to you this way. Give it to you this way. People stand up when the president comes in the room. If you're there. If you're there. If you're on TV and you're watching on your couch, you don't get off your couch. Come on, talk to me. The president's in the room. You stand up. No, you don't stand up. You stand up when you're in the room with him. <laughs> stand up because I, I, I'm in the room with him. And, and, and when it comes to God, because God's always with me, my posture changes because I know he's here. So that means don't worry about what everybody else said. I know he's here. Sometimes you might have to be like the Hebrew boys. They kept on standing while everybody else was bowing down. They're like, I can't bow to this guy because my God's here. <laughs> oh, I, wish, I wish you It'd be disrespectful for me to bow before that God when my God is right here. He's right here with me. He's right here with me while I'm standing, while everybody else is bowing. He's right here with me when Nebuchadnezzar calls me up and gives me another chance to bow. So when Nebuchadnezzar asked me the question, he said, if I give you another chance, will you bow? I said, Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer you in that measure. In fact, he's saying what they're really saying is I don't have to answer you if you could see what I see. <laughs> My God is right here. He's right here, here with me. So go ahead and fire up the, the fire furnace. Go ahead and get it as hot as you want to get it because I'm not walking in there by myself. What, what you, I wish you were here with me. What you don't see is my God is with me. In fact, go ahead and throw me in the furnace. We didn't get our praise service in this morning anyway. Me and my boys, we need to go ahead and give God some praise in the middle of the fire because we're not in here by ourselves. And the reason we're praising him is not because we like the fire. It's because God is... So my attitude is different. Somebody, somebody point to somebody and say, your attitude ought to be different when God is with you. And, and, and the Bible here, I, I, I know I'm pressing you. I got to give you this. But it says in everything, somebody say in, everything, give thanks. So my question to you is, what are you in? What are you in? Point at your neighbor and ask him, say, what are you in? Daniel was in the lion's den. Jonah was in the belly of the fish. In everything, whatever you find yourself in, you're not in there by yourself. Whatever, somebody's in debt, somebody's in financial trouble, somebody's in relationship problems, whatever you're in, God is in there. So in everything, oh, I wish you were in everything. Somebody say in everything. I give thanks because whatever I'm in, God is in there. God, we in this together. And I'm praising God. I serve a Savior who said, I'll never leave you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. God, in other words, he's saying, whatever you're in, I'm in there. 
with you. Whatever you're in, God is in there with you. And if I'm in it, that means I can get out. <laughs> so you need to change your language about stuff that you label yourself with, and maybe you're in it, but it's not your label. Uh, I, am, I am not broke. I am currently in a financial deficit, but I will be coming out of this because while I'm in it, God is in here with me. And the same, I wish you were here with me. My God is going to bring me out of anything that I find myself in because he's in here with me. I wish I... I, 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 I don't. I need y'all to stop claiming anything. Whatever they, the doctor says you have, don't claim any of that. Don't claim it. Don't claim it. Don't be saying stuff you have. You don't say you have it. You might just be in it. I'm in a season of cancer. I'm in a season of arthritis. I wish I were in here. I'm in a season of COVID, but whatever I'm in, God's in here with me, and we both coming out. And the reason I come out with my hands up is because God was in there with me. I wish I were. And I came out with my hands up. The reason I come out with my hands up, I didn't put them up when I came out. I had them up while I was in it. And you just see me while I'm walking out. And the reason I'm walking out is because I was praising him while I was in it. And now you see me praising him while I'm on the outside. Don't you minimize my praise because I came out. Because the same praise I have now is the same praise I had while I was in it. Because God was... Somebody say God was with me. So gratitude is not a moment. Somebody tell, say gratitude is a lifestyle. But see, what God's gift is so profound that it changes your whole life. It changes how you think. It changes how you believe. It, it changes how you see things. But see, the first thing that happens to change your lifestyle, before you can change your lifestyle, this is what I learned. You can't change your lifestyle until you commit to the change. And you can't commit to the change until you change how you think. Uh, you got to change how you think. I'll tell you one thing that helped me in terms of, of even eating healthier. You don't, eat, you don't live to eat, you eat to live. That's the difference. Using the same words, you're just rearranging them, but it changes your whole perception of how you do it. You can't change your lifestyle until you change how you think. And you can't change your thinking until you realize there's a problem. And you can't realize the problem until you take a long look in the mirror at yourself. And then you take a look in the mirror at yourself and say, it's not, it's not going to keep being like this. Uh-uh. I... I wish I had some tired folks or some folks who were tired before. It's not going to keep going. I wish I had some committed folks. It's not going to keep going like this. Uh, something has to change. This, this relationship can't keep going like this. this. This job can't keep going like this. My life can't keep going in this direction. This friendship can't keep going like this. You have to take a look in the mirror and say it's not going to keep being Ah, like this and the reason it's not going to keep looking being like this is because I look in the mirror and at some point you have to realize that this ain't me uh -uh. Uh oh do I have a witness out there who's, who, who you've looked in the mirror and you said this ain't me <laughs> You're in a place where that was so profound that, that it changed how you believe it changed how you acted you didn't even like the way you were talking to people you didn't even like the way you were talking to yourself. And you just decided, this ain't me. This has to be different. You know who had a moment like that? The prodigal son. Prodigal son, he, he, he said what? He looked, in the, he looked in the pigsty. And when he looked in the pigsty, he was about to eat the food that the pigs would eat. And he said, what, what are we not going to do? <laughs> Oh, some of y'all got, got that. Some of y'all were there this week. 
what we not going to do is eat what the pigs eat. And some of y'all, y'all haven't gotten to your what we not going to do moment, but when you get there, you'll understand what I'm saying. He said, what we not going to do is eat these hard husks of corn that the pig are eating when I know there's some good food in, in my father's house. So, so when you get to that what we not going to do moment, you begin to change how you think. I thought I wanted all the things that belonged to me, and I thought I wanted to be relieved from my father's house, but now what I'm not going to do is eat this husk that the pigs would eat, so what I need to do is change how I think. And some of you right now, I'm telling you, you're, you're, you're at that what we're not going to do moment, and, and you need to change how you think. He first said to his father, he said, give me everything that belongs to me. And he went out and he spent all that he had. But at that moment, he realized I need to change my whole attitude. And he said, I'd rather be a servant. I don't even have to be a son. He said, I'd rather be a servant in my father's house than to be hard-headed out here trying to eat the corn husk that the pigs eat. He said, what we're not going to do is stay where I am when I know I can go back to where God desires me to be. And I came to tell somebody right now, sometimes God allows you to arrive at that what we're not going to do moment so you recognize that my place is in the house of God. The safest place in the whole wide world is inside the will of God. Somebody point at your neighbor and say, get inside his will. It's time to get back inside his will. So what the son said is what I'm not going to do is sit here and eat what the pigs are eating. So he said what I need to do is I need to get up from where I am. And sometimes getting up makes you is a little bit embarrassing because you're having to acknowledge your mistake. I came to tell somebody what people think about you is not important. You need to make sure you're on the level where God wants you to be. Baby, I might get embarrassed getting to where God wants me to go, but I, I don't care how embarrassed I might feel. I need to be where God wants me to be. So the son got up from where he was. He left that country. He came back to his father's house. I can imagine the boy was on the road trying to think of all the things that he said to his father. I imagine he was thinking, Lord, Father, I'm sorry. I was hard-headed. I, I was inconsiderate. I was ungrateful. I didn't have the right mindset. And while he's practicing his, practicing his speech, as he's walking down the road to his father, all of a sudden he sees an image with outstretched arms that comes and grabs him while he's in the middle of practicing his speech. And what I came to tell somebody is no matter how far you think you are from God, God is right there waiting on you while you're in the middle of practicing your speech God's arms are already open for you while you're sitting there worried about what other people are going to say God says my arms are open for you and he's ready to bring you back home but what you have to make up in your mind is I'm not going to allow what somebody else thinks of me to decide my future I'm not going to allow my own flesh my own embarrassment to change what God wants to do in my life but somebody who's ready say I'm ready I'm ready I'm ready to be with God I'm ready to have an attitude of gratitude I'm ready to be grateful and I'm ready to give thanks in everything I want to give thanks because that's what God desires for me somebody put those hands together and give God hallelujah everybody standing on your feet Everyone standing on your feet. What I learned in being grateful is that our ungratefulness most often comes from a lack of knowledge and understanding because we're too involved in the process. We're too involved in the process. And the reason I know we must be frustrated by the process is because we already know the outcome. 
How can we be far from God when we already know the outcome? How can we be ungrateful to God when we already know the outcome? The outcome is our, our scripture, Romans 8 and 38. We know that all things, somebody say all things, are working together for the good of them that love the Lord, to them that are called according to his purpose. If we know the outcome, then why aren't we grateful? And the only reason we cannot be grateful is because we're allowing the devil to cause us to be frustrated with the process. Don't be frustrated with the process. You already know the outcome. And the things that you don't understand, somebody say they're working for me. They're working for me. The things that I don't understand, the things that I don't comprehend, they're still working for me. The situations that seem to be getting away, the thing that it seems like it's too late, the news that seems like it's contrary to what God told me, it's still working for me because all things are working together for God's good. Dad would often give the example of the clock. If you watch, if you looked on the inside of a, that manual watch, you'll see many wheels in there turning and sometimes the wheels will be turning in opposite directions. And it seems like one going one direction and one going another direction is contrary to the functioning of the clock, of the watch. But yet it's all working together for the same goal. And even when we get there, this is, why, this is where he's saying give, in everything give thanks. When we get to the place where we understand that even our trial is working something more profound for me than I can even understand that I can still give God praise for the trial. I can give God praise in the middle of bad news because I came to tell you, like, like, like the king of Israel said, when God gives you news that's above you, it's not for you, it's for him. I'm not accepting the weight of this responsibility myself. But sometimes what God gives you is weight, news that's so weighty, the only test is to see how fast you'll turn it over to him. <laughs> the test is not meant to stress you out. It's a timing test. It's meant to see how fast, how quickly you'll trust him with it. Somebody, somebody right now is holding on to something that seems larger than yourself. And God is saying to you in this moment, Stop holding on. The point of giving you something that large was to see how quickly you turn it over to me. And knowing that I can just turn it over to him makes me grateful. Praise God that I, I serve a God. I don't have to pick him up to worship him. But my God's hands pick me up when I fall. I serve a God that is able. I serve a God that can take and capable of receiving anything. There's nothing that is too hard for God. In fact, when Paul was saying he was talking about being grateful and being thankful and rejoicing, at the end of that in Philippians, you'll find that he says, and I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Why? Because I rejoice and I'm grateful for what God has done for me. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word that comes to encourage and strengthen us, Lord. We desire in our hearts, Lord, and we're going to be more purposeful and intentional about being grateful and thankful to you, turning our situations over to you and trusting you with it because we know that there is nothing that is too hard for you. And Lord, we claim all these things in thy son Jesus' name. Amen, and God bless you. Come on, put those hands together. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we praise God for you until we shall see you. I hope you 
pray that each of you are touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.